Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Welcome to episode two of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. This is Sean Serha. And this is Rebecca Plum. Thank you so much for joining us for this meeting. Uh, we are super grateful to have you here listening. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone for the amazing response to our first episode last week. It was kind of crazy. Yes, thank you. That is very heartwarming and encouraging as we're doing this on our own. This week, we are diving into all things One Room Challenge. Yeah! I think we've both got a lot to share and to say about our experiences with the One Room Challenge. And before we get too deep into that, we want to start with this week's Fizzle and Sizzle. So I guess my fizzle is I'm stressing about a few key sponsors in my One Room Challenge. There's just a lot up in the air with supply chains and the world of manufacturing. Um, I have a partner that may pull out because their production is closed, which makes sense. But also they're kind of a key piece of the room. So I'm kind of holding tight on that, hoping for the best. Um, and my sizzle in the same vein is I got, I got a shitload of lighting in the mail (laughs) (laughs) and I can't wait. I can't wait to roll it out. So. And you just just sprayed the heck out of it with Lysol while it (laughs) decontaminated in your house. I did. Lysoled it all. It makes sense right now for the partners and, and sponsors to need some time to adapt and figure out what's next for them. And I mean, yeah, sure, it's no. stressful, but I wish no they weren't. No one knows what's going on. Yeah, I, I, it's just a tough time. So we're just trying to give everyone patience. And mm-hmm. at least all the lighting is there, though, because I know that's a central element of any design, but I know in your design, it's really important. So I'm yeah, so excited to see some of it. Sizzling on that. My fizzles, fizzle and sizzle this week were a little bit weird. Um, on a personal level, my fizzle is that my husband and I were FaceTiming with my three-and-a-half-year-old nephew. And while we were FaceTiming with him, he was asking when he's going to see us and when we're coming over and that he missed us, which, like, ripped our hearts out. And I actually had to hand the phone to my husband and have a second to, like, compose myself because he could see us. And it's just really hard because they live like not like a mile from us. They're so That's one of the reasons why we live where we are is so we could be close to them. And um, I'm sure there are a lot of other families who are apart right now too. It's just challenging because all we want to do is hang out with each other. But um, we have healthcare workers in each sides of our family. And so we need to kind of isolate from one another just to reduce any likelihood right now. So that that was hard this week. Um, be, 
because I'm still isolating at home though, and this week was beautiful in Southern California, uh, I got outside, I took the covers off of my outdoor furniture, I got out into my courtyard and got the cushions out. Um, and it was really nice to like set up my laptop out there. I have a new Spotify playlist that made me j- like jam out outside. Oh, I got to download that one. I keep forgetting. We'll link it it's, in the show notes. Yeah, it's like 1960s French pop. Like if Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino were at a bistro kind of like it's it's kind of <laughs> funky. It's kind of fun. It's a little weird. I Maybe I'll learn some French while listening to it. I don't care. But it's kind of that like fun energy of the 1960s and I needed a little jolt of that this week. So. I'm here for that. Actually, <laughs> my fizzle my fizzle part too is that I should be in San Francisco about to board a plane to Paris speaking of That's right. not learning French right now. So That was going to be spring break. Yeah, I'm trying not to dwell. Everyone's losing out on stuff. Yes. So, we you know, that's just the fizzle and sizzle so we can wallow a little bit and then celebrate some other cool things and just keep ourselves grounded and in perspective every week. Um, I think I'm ready to just like tear apart the whole huge concept that is one room challenge though. Let's do it. Something that's the only thing we have to look forward to right now. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there's lots of stuff to look forward to, but yes, that is immediately on the, that is immediately on the horizon um and there's dates that we can depend on hopefully yeah they are like hard hard line dates that we can work with and have in front of us right now so um why don't we start by talking about what is the one room challenge so one room challenge it was started by linda weinstein about 10 years ago i believe and she started it as a challenge she's a designer who wasn't getting her own projects done at home. And she started a challenge with some internet friends to do a room together at the same time in their individual homes. So everyone post, would post every week with the update progress of the room and then reveal on the same day. So it kind of became like this holiday, like one room challenge reveal day. It was like, It's like an internet holiday. For people who love to follow design. Well, and it's huge. There's so many people. Tons. Yeah. So over the years, of course, it's grown. Um, She still invites 20 featured designers to join. And then anybody can participate as a guest, which is what Sean and I have done in the past. I have completed three rooms as a guest designer. Sean has done one. Yeah, last fall's One Room Challenge was my first as a participant, which was, I don't, what, why did I wait so damn long? Like, I know, I don't know why I did either. <laughs> um, we just weren't ready. Yeah. Because part of it is just like, we'll get into this, but you have, you don't have to, but it's more fun if you're social with other participants and followers totally. while you're doing it. Yes. So this season, I was super fortunate to be asked to be one of the featured designers. It's been like a major goal of mine. And I woke up one morning, checked my Instagram for the first 
thing, you know, as you do. And <laughs> laying in bed, <laughs> scrolling the gram. <laughs> so dark. I'm like, huh, I got a lot of like notifications on my phone. <laughs> and I found out with the rest of the world that I was tagged and um, invited to be featured. So it was amazing. That was probably right before Christmas. And yes, yeah, so I was officially was supposed to start April 1st, but it has been postponed due to the virus situation and quarantine. Thanks, Rona. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea, but we're now starting May 6th. Right. And I think that's, that's good to talk about that. There are two, two challenge campaigns uh, each year, one in the spring and one in the fall. So normally they're in April and October. Um, I think what I really like about the One Room Challenge is that it it really is not about competing with other designers. As much as everyone wants to have a gorgeous, beautiful, amazing space, it's it's not about competing with one another. It's really, it is about it's, that social piece. Like it is encouraging not each other. And it's not a contest. So that's something people always misunderstand. There's no winner. Um, yes. The only like maybe sub level of that is like being asked to be a featured designer, but even that has a lot of nuance and ways that I think the selection process goes. So, right. um, and I am not privy to it, but, um, and that would yeah, be, it's, that, that could be big for a lot of designers or, or, uh, you know, home participants who are feeling like this was just something fun that they wanted to work on to enhance their home environment and get rid of that awful space that they just don't feel happy with anymore. And most importantly, have a deadline. Yeah, it's it's set up in a way that it makes it really achievable to break it down into each week. And technically you have six weeks officially it's confusing if you so week one you're so every wednesday if you're featured thursday if you're a guest you post an update on your blog or now they allow for instagram only posts if you started your room on week one post day you would only have five weeks yeah so it's kind of like they're set up in arrears right is am i using that term right Yep. So you, got you it. so your post day is your weekend review. So you should start the week before. Right. Or whenever. Like a lot of people are starting now. There's no I mean, yeah. reason why you don't have to do it real time. And I think that's good because you look at if you haven't done the one room challenge and you're looking at it, it can feel intimidating because you're seeing people completing entire bathroom and kitchen projects and you're like, hold on, five weeks, like I can't even get a contractor to do that in five weeks. So yes, there is sometimes a lot of ramping up that happened before the one room challenge actually kicked off. A lot of participants have done permitting and ordering like stuff that's going to take a long time, like windows and doors or cabinets. I mean, if, if you are going to take on a big space, which you don't have to, um, it definitely behooves you to plan to get a lot of stuff done before the week one kickoff. So you're in a good place to 
make progress or if there's delays, it just relieves some stress to have some stuff done early. Definitely. I Are you, do you get done early? Do you do a lot of stuff early? I tend to do it in pretty much real time. Um, our first project was our kitchen, but it was just like a slap lipstick on a pig kind of a kitchen reno. <laughs> we didn't move cabinets. We didn't get new cabinets. Um, mostly cosmetic. Mostly cosmetic. I mean, it was, it was involved, but it was doable. I love the tile think, in that room that you did. Thank you. We could talk about that, but it's just like so graphic and appealing and really cool. And I think we started maybe two weeks before the official. Okay. I think we demoed two weeks before. That's about where we've done demo like two weeks before. I like to be in real time. Just it helps me like feel connected. But there's definitely things this time that I'll be getting ahead of. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I you've you've done a few more challenges than I have. You've done three, right? And I've done I I have one under my belt, mm -hmm. and I just felt a really big outpouring of support from other people, even from people who are just observing through social media that they're kind of rooting you on. Um, hearing from other participants and designers is of course very reassuring. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have met you if not for the one room challenge. So mm -hmm. I count that as a really great component that you can develop some true friendships and commiserate with each other as you're trying to hit some deadlines. Um, but at the end of it, there's also some great opportunities. The One Room Challenge's official media partner is Better Homes and Gardens. Mm -hmm. And so there are some opportunities for potential press um, and press partners or features are chosen. And you were chosen from the guest participants of your last challenge, right? Yes, I was. Better Homes and Gardens makes two selections um, for guests like kind of bringing guest participants into featured. So I was one of the two who were chosen by the, I think the digital team at BHG. Um, yeah, and Linda talks about that a lot in like your support and her support emails that there is, there are a lot of press outlets that kind of like troll these rooms in but a troll in a good way yeah in a good way <laughs> they're not gonna drag you on social media for something no. you did in the room but <laughs> no but they go and kind of look at all the reveals and kind of like I've gotten pulled into like best outdoor spaces in this season's one room challenge like little roundups like that yeah. um and so the key to that is good photography that's one that's the press aspect you have to have good photography to get totally chosen for yeah that. especially now so much of interior design and shelter media is online and you really want your photos to shine um it's curious this season because we're of course hoping that we're going to be able to get everything lined up and organized in a way that um we can have photographers in our homes safely at the end of the challenge. I'm sure there will be a lot of things that are different as we're navigating self-isolation and social distancing. Um, what else is, What else do you think is gonna be different as you're planning 
this challenge? So one of the big, major, amazing aspects of being a featured designer is there, Linda works really hard to curate a um, group of official sponsors who will support the featured designers. Basically, we have access to pitch them with our projects. Nothing's guaranteed. No one's just sending us stuff. It's still a lot of pitching and kind of finding the right fit. Yeah, because they want to make sure that your project helps highlight the things that they can offer to, to everybody else. And they're looking for different things. So the spon di sponsors have their own um, reasons for wanting to participate. One of the biggest is that they get amazing styled photography for their products. Mm -hmm. And it's really expensive to produce that on the in-house side. So if you are the company to get a range of styled products for your uh, range of styled photos for your products, I mean, that's thousands of thousands of dollars and employees and yeah. hiring and photographers and stylists. Like, it's a lot. And I know when, when I buy stuff, whether it's on Amazon or wherever, if I buy stuff, I always love to see the pictures that people post of what it looked like in an actual totally. place. Because I, not that I don't trust vendors, but even with our like trade interior design furniture and accessory sources, I would rather see someone who took a picture in a showroom or at Las Vegas market or, and then that way I know kind of like in quotes, what it really looked like. And I well, think that the photos of our correct. projects look like, I yeah, know. And, and who knows who's color shop is not your friend. <laughs> yeah. I don't want a dresser to show up to a client and then it's completely different than the way they photographed it. So it's nice that vendors, that's sort of, the, what the vendors get in trade-off is these are used in quote real spaces an actual home you know and they're designed into a space whether it's accessories or tile like in your kitchen or something like we can see what it really looks like and I do think that a lot of homeowners are looking through one room challenge for inspiration and they're seeing what other other people's homes have been able to accomplish yeah, so it's a way to share actual product with the followers and the audience, but the brands themselves get these project photos um, and press opportunities. So what's going to be different is that all that said, it feels a little bit different having a lot of sponsors and amazing product just coming in. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, many people are suffering like some financial stresses right now and a lot of uncertainty. Honestly, my household included. So it just feels like kind of a privileged thing to be having. Totally. A new fancy lighting that I wouldn't necessarily have done otherwise. But um, again, like these have been months in the making. Yeah, I, I mean, you were starting back in January. Oh, yeah. And some of these are lined up for other designers or, or outside of One Room Challenge. They're spending the better part of a year in advance planning certain collaborations and things. And that's a whole other part of our industry that 
I, I'm, I think there's a whole lot more to it than just here's some free stuff. There's definitely more oh, and we can yeah. go into talking about that, but um, I, I'm with you on the feeling that there is a sense of being really fortunate to have worked on these things, but that there are actual um, responsibilities that you have to sponsors. And so maybe we talk about that after we hear how like your first couple one room challenges went. I'll talk about my first experience. Um, you're sort of like a seasoned vet now. And People I, have done, like, so I many. still am. I mean, I'm still digesting my first one room challenge before I was even sure that I wanted to sign up for the second one. So what was yeah. your, like, what was your, maybe your most recent experience like in fall 2019? So fall 2019, we did these utility spaces in the back of our house. So kind of the back entrance we made into a little mudroom space, completely redid the guest bathroom back there and kind of redid the laundry closet. Um, so my dad has helped me with all of these. My husband is not so into the DIY world. <laughs> He's like, I'd rather work overtime and then take that money to pay somebody else to do it. Uh, um, yeah. That's his, he gets no joy or. Plus he probably wants the time back to himself instead of having to commit all of his off time to that. It's still the time. It's just how he would rather spend the time. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> it's not like fun or. Um, it, you're not going to be like uh, like Chris loves Julia, where you're both doing projects <laughs> together, oh, or God. or um, like Sarah on Room for Tuesday. You're both not going to be doing these together and uh, loving each other while. Uh, no. <laughs> not that they. I'm sure they have their moments too. Um, not all couples work well together, but. I don't no, know. No, we can't we can't even hang a picture on the wall without some kind of issue. That's that's actually Sean and I. We don't he does not uh yeah. <laughs> he doesn't so, get involved. But my dad and I get along really great during these challenges. Um of course we have like our own like father-daughter challenges of life and family, <laughs> but like honestly, we don't fight at all or have any issues during these like I think we're both, this brings our similarities online and um, we're both kind of in it for the same reason. We both get like jazzed about like problem solving and the pivot and I can sketch. He likes out this and, stuff too. Oh, like yeah. and problem like solving a, and oh, yeah. engineering. He has like an engineering brain. So like I keep telling him like there's a specific thing I'm trying to do in our room right now and like go back, <laughs> go back and figure it out. Like, yeah, I know we can do this cause I've seen it done. So, but how can we do it with our budget and time constraints and tools? So yeah, so it's been a really fun um, time with him. Um, and again, like you were saying, I've met so many people from it, like, at first, when I first started doing it, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep the bar really low. I'm just going to be real about it and show it how it is. 
which yeah. people like. I mean, people like that. I think people I like think- to like live through your project without living through your mess. So oh they, yeah, they, they get to stare, like, but they don't have to like walk through drywall dust every day exactly. of the challenge. But they feel like they are like people tell me I'm emotionally invested in this more than I should be. It's really sweet. I, I think that's the like rooting each other on is people want to see it happen, and I mean you do a good job of balancing between like. DIY but also there's a level of like finish or quality and I think you're like you said your dad helps a lot with some of that um and I think that's kind of the advantage one of the advantages of seeing designers work on their own houses and of course there are plenty of home enthusiasts and design enthusiasts who are not necessarily running a separate design business with this but you're kind of good at bridging that gap between this is what you could probably accomplish on your own. And this is where you might need some extra help from a certain carpenter, or maybe your electrician has to come in and help you with some of these things that are maybe out of the DIY scope. And um, yeah, and that's I realistic that's for ch- most homeowners. And the challenge that I do, like we are working with our own realistic budgets, which is mm-hmm. really low. Um, <laughs> So on my own projects, I am like really trying to figure out how can I make this happen? Like we've put Ikea cabinets in our space last time and they turned out great. I could just worked within those limitations to make it look as high end as I could and flow with our house. Yeah, I think um, it's good to keep a balance of what makes sense for the way your family lives in the house right now, the the way that you're planning for things. And there is a lot to be said for while something may not be a forever finish for it to be good for a really solid amount of time um, for like, you know, your, your family to be able to use it and have a nicer space. It just, it, there's something rewarding about, I'm sure like you've talked about being able to walk in your back door and just have this totally different energy when you come in after redoing that space than oh you did God. before. And so I that's hated what, it. it's like stressful and it causes anxiety just to walk into these spaces that cause you a headache. Yeah. Cause last time I was going to do our bedroom and then at the lot, like literally the week before we were going to start, I said like, no, actually, no, last time I wasn't going to do it. I was actually not going to do fall. Cause I'm like, we had done our backyard. It was tired. It was expensive. And then I had this like epiphany of what could happen in the back. I'm like, <laughs> all right, rally up everybody. <laughs> like, we're going for it. I, I would love to hear from anyone who's listening. If you have done the one room challenge and done that same exact thing where you're like, I'm done, I'm over it. I'm exhausted from the last one. And then you got sucked back in like godfather status every time you're out they pull you back in (laughs) and um in fact uh my i would not be doing my second round coming up right now if you hadn't just been like well just do it when we were at vegas market in january and part of that is there's that bug in my head that's like well i want to get this stuff done and maybe i'm not and the budget and planning for it and 
working with clients while I'm doing that is sometimes a hassle because I will always tend to put my house after what I'm doing for my clients because I, it's like something's got to give. So um, I'm glad now that I have a little bit more time and flexibility to work on it, um, given what's happening with Camp COVID. But thinking back to my first one room challenge, I did my laundry room, which was just this like awful dumping ground in our house. We'll put, we'll link to each of our rooms in the show notes because I think it's good to see where we started that it's, it, it is one of those designers. They're just like us moments because I just threw all sorts of crap in my laundry room before and the shelves were a mess and they weren't organized and nothing was put away. And I like that I started with a small space for the first one room challenge because it was digestible. It's like a five by seven size room um, with between like, I did have our electrician come in for a couple things, but that was not hard to navigate. I had a handyman who helped with some stuff because I don't have a whole garage full of tools. And Sean and I are relatively handy, but it was nice to have somebody come in with, you know, the right tools to cut things with really clean and sharp lines on, I did wainscoting in our laundry room. Um, One big takeaway that I had from it was I did start ahead of schedule on my room because I was so nervous about not being able to keep up. And then in retrospect, I realized I could have kept up okay with the six weeks, even if I had started, because it was a small space without a ton of elements in it. Um, I also gave enough time for my professional photographer to come in and turn around the images. So usually I like to give a photographer about a two week time span and a lot of them will say that and that that might be a good topic for a future uh episode to talk about photography but i like to give two weeks happening (laughs) i'd like to give them some time to edit it without being a complete rush job and some of them will charge more if they rush so um i learned from that challenge I'm super happy with it. I love it. It's a very classic finish that really just fits with our house. And I was able to find ways to save money and get like some like remnant slabs from like a countertop guy. And there's some really cool ways to make it look nice, but still not have to spend a ton of money. Um, Something that I don't think I could do for clients because they're not necessarily going to pay me for my time to go find remnant slabs because then it's more expensive than if they had just bought it like right away off a shelf. So for me, I'm willing to like spend my own, you know, time, whatever free time I actually have hunting down stuff like this, where it wouldn't make sense to be, you know, clients paying me to go find the cheapest deal because it costs more in the long run. So um, I think a big takeaway for me and I think you've seen this and your rooms definitely speak to it is that response to spaces from the one room challenge is super engaged when there is color and pattern DIY wallpaper is like, everybody loves some damn wallpaper. Um, (laughs) And you don't have to be super ambitious to get all of that, but if you're encouraged by the response from others or you're thinking about 
feature opportunities, if you're thinking of press or publishing or things like that, it's usually going to be color, pattern, movement, you being super involved versus just, oh, I went out and I bought all this stuff and I put it on a shelf. I think readers and homeowners and if you're publishing, they want to see how you are involved in helping that all come together. Totally. I think the challenge for me, like putting the challenge in the challenge is the (laughs) the time limit. Um, Usually budget constraints on our own homes. Um, And I challenge myself to think a lot more about it. Um, Especially in the lens of working on my own home. With clients, I feel like it's really easy to see big picture, big ideas, like, oh, this is going to make such a big change. But in my own house, like either you tend to play it safe because you're playing with your own money or you're just think, you just think smaller because you've been staring at these walls. Um, so it's feeling this right now, like, yeah. So (laughs) Well, it's better than it was. So let's just slap some white paint on it and call it a day. Um, But the challenge here, I think, for me is, okay, let me see what, how I can push myself with design, with DIY, with how much can I do in this room without being weird. Like, it's not trading spaces in the 80s where there's like, hay on the walls or weird shit like 80s. that. 80s. Girl, how long do you think it's been? 90s? <laughs> Early aughts. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. I remember they'd put, like, feather. they'd glue feathers on the walls. Oh, like, yeah, that was, was that Hildy or Hilda? Probably. Hildy? Just Damn, we're gonna, get, gonna... we're gonna get crap from the fandom. Um, <laughs> by the but way, not... editor's note, I recognize that Christopher Lowell was not on HGTV. And was on the Discovery Channel. Thank you, everybody. Um, If you are totally lost on what I'm talking about, listen to episode one. (laughs) Yes, I effed up. So sorry. Um, Oh, well. I'm sure people are losing sleep about that. (laughs) (laughs) But for low might be. Um, So, like, the point with that is I think they just designed for camera only and, like, wow factor and not functionality or the rest of the architecture of the home or lifestyle. Yeah. But I, I feel like if you do something a little courageous in your own home, there's no client to get upset about it and to go, oh, my God, this is awful. I couldn't live with this. But... On the opposite side of that, it also has the potential to show people, hey, remember when I recommended teal wainscoting and you thought I was nuts? Like, I did it and it turned out freaking awesome. And I think that can also bolster the confidence of some potential clients in in your case or in others to see, hey, this isn't that crazy. It can look really good. Um, Hashtag, it's just paint. Like, some of that stuff, it's just paint. Yeah, I actually got a DM before we recorded about somebody who was going bold with some cabinetry and she was really nervous about it, but just wanted just some encouragement. <laughs> just, just do, do it. it. And I'm not on I'm not on trend watch, but color color is coming back in really thoughtful and cool ways 
whether it's a vanity cabinet or a built-in dresser or whatever, like I think there's some cool ways to do it. So one room challenge is one of the ways to like almost trend watch on our own and go, I feel like this is going to be really cool. And you know what? It's your own house. If it doesn't work out and it, a couple years down the road, you're going to paint it again. Paint's not the worst thing to have to redo. Right. I think that's something you and I talk about a lot too, because we're not the type that are going to be married to any one look for more than five years. Like I'm probably going to paint it again anyway. Right. But I think <laughs> some people want to just set it and forget it for 25 years. And maybe they do live in a home and they're fine with that. Um, I, for one, won't. So I might as well yeah. be bold with my choice. Yeah. Sometimes after I paint a room as much as I love it, I'm thinking, oh man, next time What's I'm going to, and then, yeah. And, and then meanwhile, my husband is like, you know, shitting bricks oh. because he's like <laughs> totally annoyed that we just did it. And I'm already talking about the next idea. A hundred percent. We're um, going to have to have them on to talk about this. And, and I will say, uh, I think that they'll have some thoughts on that and it's good to hear. I'm sure they're not the only ones, but, um, Something that also adds to, not the bravery, but the courage to do different things is that there are sponsorship opportunities or collaboration opportunities involved in the One Room Challenge that gives us access to things that we would not normally be able to do, that may not be within a, our normal budgets. Um, and I think that it's important to talk about for everyone listening, because you've you have had collaborators involved with some of your previous projects. I have some collaborators that I've lined up with for this coming one room challenge. Um, and truly it's things that probably wouldn't have fit in my budget or I wouldn't be able to have planned them right now all at the same time. I probably would have like trickled in some of these things that I have fallen in love with and yeah. reached out about over time. Yeah, so the sponsor collaboration game is, I didn't start doing it until my first one. Um, and I was terrified and just like, little old me, like, I'm not a big Like, who would want to work blogger. with me? <laughs> yeah, and I've just since learned kind of what I was saying before. There's great value in in it for them, especially if you're delivering high quality assets for them to use. Like I come from a marketing background. I've been on the in-house side and as a graphic designer is what I was to be delivered like five to 10 brand new photos of your product is like Christmas. Like it's totally for so much, especially like with this need to like drive the social media machine every day. So when they're not publishing in, magazines anymore they're not buying ad space anymore because like no one's really reading paper media as much and so unless they're these really big companies a lot of them depend on social media as a way to reach a potential client or customer exactly so my big thing i've kind of given the spiel to a lot of design friends Sean included, um, <laughs> is just ask. Like, that's the biggest thing I've learned is put your toolbox together, like be professional, get your, um, 
press kit together. Tell them what's in it for them, not just what you're, don't come across as just gimme, gimme, gimme. I mean, it's a lot about, to me, it's a win-win if it's done right. Actually a win-win-win, so the audience wins, gets something out of it too. Um, so get your brand kit together and just ask. Like the hardest part in all of it is finding the right person to talk to. Yeah. And if it's a brand that you already use, which is pretty much most who I've worked with, it's so easy to find the connection of value. Right. And I think and the worst they could do is say no, like just shrug it off. Like, it's yeah, so if it's not a good fit for them, then they'll, they'll let you know. And it's not personal. And, um, I think one thing that I took away from when you and I had talked about it was about, it's not just flailing about asking anybody and everybody for something. It's, does this make sense with the project I'm planning? Is this something I would want? Um, there can be sort of a negative connotation out there of, oh, sponsored content. It just means someone like sends, you know, these sunglasses to some, you know, influencer and they don't actually like them or they break or they're cheap or whatever. And I've, I've really spent a lot of time focusing in on, are these companies that I actually would want to work with? Do I believe in what they do? Have I worked with them previously where I've, you know, selected things for clients um, and now I'm just super excited to have something of theirs in my own home. And I think that that is important for a designer to consider when they start reaching out to a company is it's not just about, can I get free stuff? This is, I think, important to get, not to overuse the term, but the authenticity of who, is this a brand I believe in? Are these people I believe that I would want someone to work with? And I always think about it in the same way before I like even bring up a contractor's name to a client, I'm like, is this someone I want to be associated with if something goes on? Right. And I kind of took the same approach when I was thinking about some materials or things that I wanted in my space was, is this a company I really feel confident that other people would want to hear from, that they would like what they offer, the quality is good. Um, I, I think in that way that I'm kind of like this millennial unicorn a little bit that I look at the ethics of a company mm -hmm. and I look at who they represent. And um, certainly I'm in a place where I could walk away from someone if I don't like what they're bringing. Um, but I think that's important for designers to consider it, regardless of whether it's sponsored content or whether it's going into a client's home is, is this a company that you're going to like to work with when they have to put stuff into your client's living room or totally. install it? Yeah, something that I um, read in one of the One Room Challenge documents is that it's a digital show house, which made a lot of sense that each of our rooms are showcasing different product and companies and talent. And it's whether they're sponsored pieces or not, like it's an amazing, everyone's putting their best foot forward. So yeah. It's a great, it's just a really great way to highlight and test companies. So, I mean, a couple of the people I'm working with this time are, are brands that I am testing in my own home before I sell them to my client. Totally. I feel like 
there is sort of this like mythology around collaboration partners or sponsored things. And usually it's around they're giving you a discount um, or they're giving you something for free. Uh, but that doesn't mean that these rooms don't cost us money out of our pockets. And so that's, I think, important for a lot of potential people to understand about this is that there's still an investment per in, in our case, for the one room challenge, we're still shouldering the majority of what's involved in getting these spaces finished um, and getting them to the completed line. It's not that all of this is completely paid for by somebody else. Um, no, yeah. By any, by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination, uh, I still start my one room challenge last time and this time, like I would for a client where I put together my project brief, I create my budget spreadsheet, just like I would for a client. And we start with preliminary, I go through my concept stages. In this case, my husband is sort of my client and I present to him what I'm looking at and make sure I have his kind of okay to move ahead with it, get his feedback if he likes something or not. Um, I'm not making the decisions in a void. And I had already created pretty much the whole concept for my room before even reaching out to anyone about whether they were interested in working with me. And I think part of that helped because I was able to show them potential partners, what it would look like with them being involved. And it wasn't me forcing a square peg into a round hole. Right. And it helps for you to know, and I think it helps to have the exact ask ready for them so it's right. like hey would you consider sponsoring me and they're like for what are you going to ask me for fifty thousand dollars of things or just one item yeah. so it's going to yeah, be I interesting the for them and you want them to get excited like they're because they're your client at that point too so i did the same thing where i had my design plan um pitch ready or it's part of my pitch so they could envision their product in the room, know how it was going to be featured and see, also see like what level of designer and partner they're dealing with. Totally. It I does. want to make sure I look professional. Like I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. I'm not this fly by night sketchy person. Like and a that's lot of where... trust on their art. And that's where the photographs, your past work, if you can highlight all of that stuff, that's so important for them to see because you, you, you want everything you've done up till that point to speak for itself and to get them excited about it. And they may have something that they really want to highlight that's new for their company or a new offering, a new product, uh, you know, they want to have some flexibility in those arrangements to see if they can showcase something that's special for them around the timeline that you're going to be revealing your room. Yeah. The sophisticated ones will tell you like where this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. How can we work this into the angle of the story you're telling? And it is a lot about telling stories. And I think having a successful challenge on social media involves being able to sell the story and the struggles and the mm -hmm. um, laughs. I mean, there's always goofy stuff that can happen in my totally. projects at least. 
Um, I just like watching videos lately and seeing your daughter trying to like touch your face and like <sighs> running around trying to get attention. But that's just life in camp COVID. So like, why can't they keep six feet away? I swear. <laughs> her and the dog are. <laughs> you should get her the, uh, that get plastic back. bubble that you inflate. Have oh, you seen the, that online? The, like hamster ball thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I would <laughs> kill to see. I would kill to see Desmond and Cecily in a hamster ball running oh around your backyard. <laughs> oh, I should totally get that. I would, that is, <laughs> that is quality content right there. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So how do people sign up? They need to go to oneroomchallenge.com. And before you even get to that point, you need to consider if you, if you have a website and you have a blog portion, cool, you're set. If you aren't ready to set all of that up and you don't want to have a website and a blog portion, and that's a lot for you to do right now, that's cool. They have an Instagram only option. So you'll be dedicating or you'll be doing your posts on a specific schedule, posting probably a lot to your stories, to your feed in between reveal posts, probably a lot of carousel posts in your Instagram so you can show people what's going on. And take good before pictures. That's like rookie mistake number one. I have done it. And you're so pissed at the end when you realize I didn't take this angle. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to think about when you're getting into it, matching the same angle from the before and the after and being able to show a side by side because people love that like a before and after is amazing it's, it's what just, people live for yeah people love that also if we're just going to be real here um i'm going to jump in with a really quick just stop which is a segment we will be planning for future posts but or for future episodes but just stop is when you see something and you just got to put it out there people need to just stop. If you are on Instagram and you are taking photos and you are posting before and afters, you need to just stop posting the, the before photo before the after photo in your carousels. We want to see the after photo, the glitz, the glamour, the realness before we see the ugly before photo. That is so, like in do the not feed. start with your ugly, messy laundry room as the first photo. No, just stop. Just stop putting before photos in your feed, basically. Correct. Give us, give us what we're here to see, which is the pretty part, and then tell people swipe to see the before. We want to see the pretty one first. Okay, so that's it's true. We will have future just stops, but I couldn't <laughs> let that one pass. Um, okay. Well, we are encouraging, there's still time if you're listening now to sign up, we encourage everyone to do it again. The start date was postponed to May May 6th. 6th. You still have time. You can just use what you have. You'd be super creative. There's no rules around what you post or what you, um, do. It's totally up to you. Do like a closet or a office or, I mean, Pick a, pick a space you think is achievable for you. 
And I will say my biggest tip or reason for doing it for myself was if you're someone who knows you should be showing your face more on your Instagram stories, but you're hesitant to do it because you don't have time, you don't know what to talk about, this is the perfect excuse and way to get used to it. That's why I did it in the beginning. And once I started just showing up in my robe, drinking coffee in the morning with no makeup (laughs) on, there's no like hesitation about if something comes to mind, share it. I mean, if I'll answer the door for the Amazon guy in my morning routine, haggard look, I, I mean, I'm not trying to hide strangers. I'm not trying to hide that from all the thousands of you online either. I mean, this is literally, I woke up like this. So I mean, I try <laughs> to pull it together a little bit more, but yeah. So basically it just gives you some comfort there. It's awkward to just hold your phone up and talk to it when you haven't made a habit of doing that. Yes. So it does like make you just get used to it. It lowers the barrier. Yeah. And, and this, people like it. People like it. Show us your face. Yeah. Especially if you're a designer, it's important to know that people, potential clients are much more likely to want to work with you and feel connected to you and trust you to come into their home if they've seen you and they feel comfortable with you and all your videos don't feel like uber produced and, and scripted and planned. They really do want to see who the person is that they could potentially work with and collaborate with on a project in their own home so it's yeah this isn't the wizard of oz like you gotta like put yourself out there you decide how much you want to share of course but i think it's really important to show your personality yep yeah and i think a good motivator for this specific one room challenge is that above all right now so many of us are looking for our homes to be a place where we feel safe where we can heal, where we can collect some restorative energy because we're there a lot. Um, and that more than any other challenge time frame, really lines up with what's going on right now in the world. So um, we'd love it if some of you were feeling more encouraged to sign up to tell us about it because we'd love to hear about your spaces. Yes, do it. Okay, so are we going to go into our first listener question? I am stoked that we had a listener email us a question um, after the first podcast. And uh, I don't know if this will be every show, but I mean, we had one. So it felt like we could tackle it here uh, on this show. Okay, do you want to ask? Yeah, so Claire writes... How do you navigate being a designer in the age of Pinterest? I've been a designer for about five years and it seems more prevalent than ever. For example, a client will find a picture of a bathroom and say, I want that bathroom. And I wanna make my clients happy, but I don't think it's a designer's job to copy another designer's work. I also want more creative freedom than that. I'm usually an assertive person, but I don't think I've handled these interactions well in the past. I feel like I need a more practice more proactive approach to this, please help. So Claire. Good question. I, I'll start. I ask, so I know a lot of designers share Pinterest boards with their clients. I ask them to share me theirs. 
and I get um, kind of like a feel for what they're pinning, but then I make my own private board. And from that, I call it down to the direction I'm going to go with. Even if I don't want to use any of their <laughs> pins, I usually, <laughs> I usually try to use at least one. So I saw what you did, and it's all garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go a completely different direction. <laughs> what I try to do is just at least acknowledge through the use of one of their pins and pull an aspect of it. And I think the same, so, so at least they feel heard and hopefully wow them with the new direction and the fresh idea to the point that they forgot they even wanted the other thing. Um, and I do it with my own projects, like especially this one room challenge. I am going heavy into inspiration world. I'm really pushing myself to try some new things. And it's all about just like distilling, okay, what about this image of a hotel room am I really responding to? What about this do I want to bring and translate into my space? I'm not going to copy it, but I want, I find the element that I keep coming back to and I try to bring that in. And I think it's the same with clients is there's something about it, whether it's, mm -hmm. If it's just that the room has amazing lighting and they have no natural light in their room, like we're going to have to resell this idea. But <laughs> if it's like a bold tile, then we can translate that. Like, what is it like pinpoint? And I think that's something that I, I find myself asking a lot to clients when they prepare or they like send me a link to a board when, you know, after they're already, brought in i'm already for sure being brought into a project is i say you can send me pins but you're gonna have to tell me what is it about that that you want me to pay attention to it's not just the whole room and i do preface that with clients i said don't just send me a room and say everything what is it is it the windows is it the lighting is it the this and there's a lot to be said for the psychology of design of guiding your client to kind of how the process works its best, which is saying, I'm, I'm not here to give you exactly someone else's room. Ethically, as a designer, that's kind of a line that I'm not going to cross. I, mm -hmm. you know, they work, that other designer worked really hard on that. And, um, you know, as much as you're finding joy in that design, that's someone else's beautiful home now and let's find a way property. to yeah let's find a way to give you your beautiful home and we can take some inspiration from that tell me what you love about these images and what I can use as a jumping off point and that's my value that I'm going to add to you as the designer um, and I can I can pretty much say that near I'm not going to say every client nearly every client that I have worked mm -hmm. with has said I never thought of that. This was so different from where we started and not in a bad way. They're, they are surprised at the things we come up with. And I think that's part of our job is to say, indulge me a little bit and let me show you something that's inspired by where you're coming from, but gives you even more. 
Yes, and will function for you and your family and work within your budget, which <laughs> may not be what you found on Pinterest. I be real, folks. Let's about instead of a custom wicker banquette wraparound situation. I mean, I would we'll love one, a, but sure. But maybe we just get a wicker basket. <laughs> <laughs> and that is probably the reality of a, of a lot of stuff. Yes, yes, totally. But yeah, I think that's our job is to say you showed me these materials you liked, or you showed me these textures you liked, and this is how we can take that and work it into a space that feels good for you. Um, and then even thinking just one step further on, on Claire's question, um, I always love to start out with clients by asking them about something, what is something they saw in my portfolio that really stood out to them? And I don't do that because I want praise. I, I even though I love a little bit, but I really want, I really want them to, to understand that there's a, a connection between the work that I do and what I can provide for them. And that I want them to find, to understand there's a link between my creativity and what they're getting and that I'm not just here as an order taker. So I want them to identify something that was that was beautiful or that they stuck out to them from my common design, you know, language. And they want to see that in their space because it's possible that if they just want a designer, but they don't identify with anything that I'm doing, I may not be the designer that's best to work with them. Right. So um, Claire, I hope that that was helpful and we'd love to hear more questions from any of you who are out there um, we'll try to get to some on the air and um, you can email your questions to us at hot young designers club at gmail.com okay well i think that is gonna need to be a wrap on this week's episode of the, the one room challenge and next week we're going to be asking the age-old question, does your brand suck? So tune in to find out and hear our ideas on how to be sure it doesn't. Thank you guys for being here and good to chat with you, Sean. Thank you all, Rebecca. I'm going to catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. You're doing the the music in your head, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Okay. Lady Gaga. Hello, hello, baby. God, I can't hear a thing.